Hey, Goal Achievers. Welcome to the Elite Achievement Community. I'm Kristen Burke, your host and coach here to demystify the goal achievement process. If you are ambitious and visionary, then let's get to work so you can maximize your potential. Hey, Goal Achievers. Welcome back to Elite Achievement. Today, we are going to be talking about one of the most important skills we can grow as business owners, as goal achievers, and frankly, as humans. We are going to talk all about communication. As someone who studied communication in college and earned a Master of Arts in Communication, this is a topic that is near and dear to my heart. Growing our skills as communicators is a journey. And to help us on that journey, I have invited a communication expert to today's show. I am energized to introduce you to Meredith Cachetta. Meredith spent over 15 years in sales and strategic communications. Meredith is an expert at telling stories. She is a published author, a speaker that has contributed to various magazines, industry papers, book compilations, and conferences. Today, Meredith operates Meeting Meredith Creative, an agency that helps businesses grow through website design, content, and strategy. Meredith is passionate about helping others communicate effectively and about her husband, Jason, and their ever-growing pack of rescue dogs. Welcome, Meredith. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be talking with you today. Meredith, I am fired up to have you on this podcast. I know we are going to have a lot of fun in our conversation. We're going to learn a lot about communication. And I'm curious, how many rescue dogs are you and Jason currently helping right now? Well, I don't see how... That's relevant, Kristen. No, (laughs) we have four very fluffy and furry dogs in our home right now. So yes, quite a few. Some use the word crazy. Well, I don't know if we should go that far. I'll use the word passionate. Well, tell us more about Meaty Meredith Creative. What is your company and why did you start the company? Meeting Meredith Creative is really about helping businesses grow their brand through effective communication, content, website design, and strategy. It started a few years ago when I was working for a consulting firm and I was running the communication division there and loving it, but also dealing with what comes with a consulting firm, which is a lot of travel and a lot of hours and a lot of on-call responsibilities. And so with balancing a health issue that I was dealing with at the time, it didn't really feel like it was going to be sustainable long-term. And I looked to what I was doing and what I was loving doing was communication, but starting it on my own and being able to really choose the clients that I was working with and helping. And it really just grew from there. When you think about communication, How are you defining communication? What makes up that broad range of communication topics? Right. It's not just speaking one-on-one. 
We know that there's nonverbal communication. We know that a website can communicate a lot of things through the way that it looks and the way that it moves and interacts with the visitors. And so communication is not just defined by words back and forth, but really how we connect with other people, in my opinion. And that can be visually, verbally, non-verbally. And so what I love about it is that the better we are at communicating, the better we are at connecting. Given that communication is so powerful in regard to our ability to connect with others, what are some strategies or some ideas you can share to help us become more intentional communicators? Okay, so how much time do we have? We have all the time in the world. Really, we got to keep this for about 30 minutes or the audience starts to lose interest. (laughs) All right, I'll try to keep it short. No, I think that the great thing about communication is when you think about being intentional, there's different reasons to be intentional, right? In our businesses, we want to really be clear and we want to really connect with our potential clients. But in our personal lives, it's just as important because a lot of the sort of arguments or misunderstandings or disappointments we have can really be just a lack of communication or an unclear communication that messes up our expectations. And so I think when you think about strategies, you have to first step back and say, what's the goal? And if we're talking specifically about businesses, then the goal is to really have effective communication that translates to a connection with a potential client. And that to me comes down to building trust, clearly communicating what you're selling or what you're offering, being authentic. We think a lot of times that we have to have this super showy website or these great sound bites, but if they don't match up to the experience that that customer may have with you down the road, then it doesn't build any trust with your brand. And so it's really about stepping back and saying, like, when I think about strategy with communication in my business, I have to know who I am first and what values we have in the business so that we can effectively communicate that in our copy and in the way that we look and act online. As you help your clients communicate effectively so they can connect with potential clients, you mentioned the power of being authentic. How do you help your clients figure out their authentic self or their authentic message or their authentic brand? It's a question that we make into something really big, right? Like, how do I know how I'm being authentic? And it really doesn't have to be as challenging as we make it. It goes back to, especially if you're the business owner or you have an influence in how the brand is portrayed, it goes back to really knowing who you are. So for example, if you know me and you know that I care about rescue dogs and that I value that, if I show up in a t-shirt with Huskies on it, it doesn't surprise you, right? Because it's who I am. And a brand is a personality. It's the same thing. So for example, if I know in my brand that I really want to provide the best customer service and the best experience, and I want to use a little humor, it goes back to who I am, but then it can translate into how I talk and look to my outside customers. So when you think about how do I start to know what an authentic brand looks like, When I work with clients, it always starts with, well, who are you as an individual and as a company already? You also mentioned 
When we want to become intentional communicators, it really starts with understanding the goal. And that a lot of our personal communication challenges are usually a lack of understanding or unclear communication. So as you've grown in your own marriage with Jason, have you found that you're able to embrace arguments or disagreements because of this understanding of communication and how important clarity is? A hundred percent, right? Because if anybody knows us as a couple, we're very different people. We have very different backgrounds. And that's one of the best things about our relationships. But it's also one of the most challenging things about our relationships because I start with certain expectations that come from my experiences and try to apply that to how he'll want to resolve a situation or how he'll think about a situation. As you know, you talk about this and I fully believe in what you say that we often tell ourselves stories. And so (laughs) those stories are always bad, right? It's like, If Jason didn't come home and immediately make dinner, then it's because he's mad at me or because he's remembering this thing that I remember. And the thing that's so cool about communication is when you learn to effectively communicate more and more and more, and I would say that it's a journey probably for your entire lifetime, in my experience at least thus far, you can just cut through all those stories and actually ask the question. So even as simple as, the way that we deal with our emotions in our marriage has changed because, and we have gone through counseling to try and learn to communicate intentionally. And it's been incredibly valuable because now when one of us has something we're upset about, one of the questions we try to practice is, hey, I'd love to support you in this. Are you just venting or would you like some advice? Because often the first go-to is, oh, let me tell you how to fix that. And you know, we don't want to you know, fix it sometimes. He doesn't want me to fix it sometimes. What we think somebody else wants or says or does or means, we eliminate the opportunity for clarity that comes from communication. And this is totally true in our businesses as well. And you and I have talked about this in the past. If I am uncomfortable with my pricing model, then in my mind, I'm making up reasons why the person on the other end will probably need a discount, may not see the value. Instead of using effective communication to say, here's my price, is that within the budget you had in mind? And then be quiet, right? You're letting them communicate back and forth. And so I think that's really what we've learned a lot is that it can eliminate a lot of the problems that we create in our own mind. (laughs) It's simple, but incredibly difficult. You are 1000% spot on. I find that I'm really good at creating stories in my personal tight relationships because there is so much love. And look, I'm a recovering perfectionist and some days I'm better at it than others. But I think that also fuels into my ability to weave and create these stories. And I've been on a journey to unlearn how to create these stories, and to actually engage in dialogue. It can become even more challenging based on how you grew up and what you experienced in a household. And I came from an environment where there was a lot of volatility and arguments and yelling. And so I learned to avoid confrontation and conflict. And I learned the best thing is to be quiet and get away from these situations 
as I have grown in my own marriage and grown as a mother and grown as a business owner, that strategy is no longer serving me well. I need to lean in, engage, have the tough conversations, ask the questions. And you know what, Meredith? The conversations are usually not as tough as I build them up to be in my mind. No, they're not. The challenge with it is it can make you feel very vulnerable. So if I ask, hey, did you want help with this or am I just venting? I'm not in a position to then give my opinion because I'm asking you to choose whether you or not you want to communicate. If I ask you if that's within your budget, I'm vulnerable to whatever you say. And that gets more and more as it's more of a personal question. So instead, sometimes it's super easy to withdraw or to tell stories by ourselves than it is to go and say, did I upset you? Or what was your expectation for today? Or how are we going to get through this? And it's not, to your point, necessarily healthy to go sit by ourselves. And I tend to do the same thing. I like to withdraw. We call it disappearing in my house. (laughs) So I'm very good at disappearing when something upsets me. So it's easier, but it doesn't go away. And so with communication, even though you may be more vulnerable in that moment and you may have to work through things, you can actually resolve it and it goes away. You actually know what they're thinking. You actually know what they need and what you need. And then you can move forward or choose to leave the conversation where it is. And that's the same in business. If somebody says to me, that's not really within my budget, but I think I could come up to this level, or I'm wondering if you could do something, you can actually resolve the issue. Whereas if I'm scared to ask you, or if I'm just trying to avoid it, or I'm trying to undermine my own value because I think maybe you can't afford it, we just drag it on and on and on with nobody really being comfortable to say, I can't afford this, or me asking, is this in alignment with what you need? So I think it's fascinating. Again, it's a practice. (laughs) It's not a perfect skill. I don't think it will ever be because we're human. We have emotions and even in our business, they feel very personal, oftentimes those emotions. So it's definitely a practice, but it's something that can give you such clarity and even emotional freedom. I often talk to my clients about choose your hard. So I think it applies to what we're talking about here. We can choose the difficult conversation up front, which can feel hard, or we can avoid that conversation and choose our heart on the back end when the issue has blown up and we're storytelling. So learning to choose our heart, I think, is a really important skill because anytime we're building a business or engaging in deep personal relationships, there are going to be difficulties. Just choose your heart on where you choose to engage in that difficulty. Exactly. And know that it may not work out the way that you want, but you've probably grown in that relationship, personal and business. If somebody says to me, that's not within my budget, but they had a great conversation. They felt that I communicated really clearly. We were in alignment. There's a good possibility that down the road, they may come back. And so even when we have a disagreement and we had to work through this, because again, I'm quiet. And my husband is loud when we're having a conversation that turns into an argument, right? We're just very different in how we handle it. And so I had to learn that I can't control his response, but I can accept that his response may be different than mine. 
Whereas before, early on in our relationship, if he was loud, I've disappeared for a couple of days. Now it's like, okay, Keith's going to have a different style of communicating. I don't like it. It's not my favorite, but I know that that's his communication style and that he can respond that way. But then we can come back a lot sooner. It's just, again, about getting that resolution, about getting clarity. And when you have that clarity, you tend to get closer with people in your life. You mentioned earlier in our conversation, a powerful question. Are you venting or do you want advice? What are some additional clarifying questions that have become so helpful in your relationship or in growing your business? So I'd say it personally, one of the other questions that really makes me feel validated and we've put into practice because it also is helpful for Jason is how can I help you? Not here's what I'm going to do or here's something that I'm going to try and fix, but what do you really need and how can I help you? Now, we had an issue come up that I was really just having a super negative day, right? I had a little black cloud. I was Eeyore, which is very outside of my normal personality. I was just... I cannot picture this. No. (laughs) If you called me that day, you'd be like, I'm going to call you tomorrow. This isn't right. And Jason was awesome. He dropped everything. He was like, I'm coming to pick you up for lunch. And so we sat there and I'm just like, I don't know. I just feel super sad and down and there's nothing I can do about it. We walked through some of the practical things, right? And there's nothing wrong. There was nothing majorly wrong. And he said, how can I help you? What can I do? And do you want me to do something? And the truth was, I really didn't know what he could do. So that was really frustrating to him because he wanted to help. But he couldn't. And that's where you have to sort of accept where the other person is. But it's really nice to know that somebody, instead of doing a bunch of things that they think is going to help, because again, it's from their experience, what would help them? Instead of assuming that that's going to help you, you stop and ask. Because we know that maybe bringing flowers to me is going to make me feel a lot better. Maybe to you, it's going on a jog together. So just understanding everybody is different and helps differently and being willing to ask, what is it that I can do that might help? So that's really helped us personally. And then I think in business, really trying to understand and asking open-ended questions, especially when you're talking with a potential client, questions like, how long have you been struggling with this challenge? What have you tried in the past? Definitely understanding why they're talking to you, whether you're selling a product or a service and going back to what's really driving that. Because a lot of times we can look at the end product and make assumptions about why they're doing it. Maybe they want a prettier brand. Maybe they want more conversions. But when you start to ask open-ended questions and give them space to communicate, you can understand if there are deeper problems they've been trying to solve if they need something that's going to be user-friendly for them versus something that is over-the-top in design and you know might need design help long-term, asking open-ended questions will get you a lot further. But it's super hard to do because especially for someone like me, I like to fill quiet space by talking. So it's really a skill that you have to start practicing. Ask the question. Any open question is better than not. And then be quiet. I remember learning a long time ago that the one who fills that open space loses. So I'm sorry to share that with you, Meredith. Yes, it's true. 
However, I was taught a strategy where you silently, this is not a verbal countdown, but silently in your mind, you count backwards from five. Usually by the time you're done counting five, four, three, the other person has spoken up. And I haven't had to get to a point where I got all the way to one and there was no conversation, but maybe let's do it again. So I think that you're right. We feel so compelled to have every moment accounted for and spoken for and taking a pause and letting people think helps us arrive at the real issues and the real challenges. And that's where we can become incredibly impactful. It's so interesting. Sometimes we see this on websites a lot. We want to validate our value. And so when you look at websites, oftentimes, especially when we're starting with a new client, we're looking to assess the sort of overall strategy. And oftentimes you'll see a website where it says, here are some of the reasons that we're great. Here are some of the awards that we've won. Here are some of our past clients. And all of that information is really powerful, but it's not really why they came to the website to begin with. And so I relate that to, again, being authentic online to your true experience. So if someone were to walk into your office and you immediately directed them to your wall of accomplishments, and then you introduced them to three or four of your clients that had great things to say about you, all before you even asked them why they were there, that's the same type of experience that we can create online without even knowing it. And Jason has his own business. He's exceptional at this. We've been together a long time, but when I first got together with him, I never really understood it. I listened to him on a sales call and somebody would call and he never said anything about himself. His first question is always, well, I think the best way to handle this is to ask, what questions can I answer for you? And then he stops talking. And I'm like, but you know, don't you want to tell him like price and time and this and that? And it really made sense the more I learned about communication, why he does very well in those conversations, because he's understanding first, why did you even contact me? And that has to translate to our verbal conversations, our phone conversations, and then also our online experience that we create on our website. I think we can all recall experiences we've had with individuals in sales or individuals that are trying to influence us to use their services. And I'm often sitting there waiting for that person to ask me questions. You get on the phone and it is a bombardment of information. Thankfully, given the career that I had prior to launching my business, I learned the power of having those fact-finding conversations and that initial interaction with a potential client or customer being one where you seek to understand where they are at. You ask a lot of questions about their past experiences and what they're looking for. And I've adopted that same mentality to my own practice and it has served me incredibly well. And I found out, Meredith, that a lot of times the information you think people need to know to make a decision is actually not the information they need to know to make a decision. You are so right. And again, it goes back to we're bringing what we would need to make a decision potentially to the conversation and thinking, well, if I tell them 
A through Z, they'll have everything they need to make a decision. And maybe they already found that out online or they don't really care about that. And all they want to know is that you're going to be a good partner or a good person to hear what it is that they're looking for. Taking that assumption of what they need off and actually just asking them is probably one of the most valuable things you can do. And I know, for example, I'm very cheap. In the past, I would be like, budget shopper, right? And I'm going to get whatever is the least expensive and cut a coupon and find a code and whatever. But the reality is, is that over time, I've learned that that doesn't always equate to the best experience. And so when I think about cost, in my mind, I still use that as a factor, but it's different than it was for me 10 years ago. And I see that today because I assume that people want to have the best price But even the last two conversations I've had this week with clients, they've told us that we're not the cheapest price, but that we were either the most creative or paid the most attention to what they were looking for, things that added a different sense of value for them. And so they want to move forward instead of just going with the lowest price. The most important thing you can do in your business is understand first, what are their problems? Why are they talking to you? What questions can you answer for them? Because if it is something like price, schedule, timeline, they'll ask. I recommend we consider multiple factors when we make a decision regarding hiring or engaging with a service. Cost and investment is absolutely one of them. And for some people, that might be the primary. But for others, I think it's important to also explore what result are you looking to achieve by hiring this individual or partnering with this individual? And is this partnership going to be the one that gets you that result? Because we can throw a lot of money at the wrong hire or the wrong partners. We've got costs, we've got results. And then the other one is energy. If the individual that you are talking to is the least expensive copywriter, but you are going to dread that phone call, it's probably not a good investment. So three categories, cost, result, and energy are really important for us to factor into our decision-making process. Totally. And I always remind people, don't underestimate that you can bring that same intentionality in your energy and in asking people to other forms of your communication. So we have some lead services that we use in addition to other sources. And I can't tell you how many times we've gotten the response. Your email response to my question was more personable than anybody else. Now, what does that mean? It means that I care about people a lot. That's part of our value. We want to provide the best customer service and we want to build a relationship. So when I see that someone says, hey, I'm looking for a new website on a business that I'm launching this spring. My first response is, congratulations on opening your first business. That's an amazing step. Something to that sense, because that's what I would say to them if I was on the phone. Well done. That's tough. Good job. So you can do those simple little communication things that are authentic to who you are in email or in text or any form of communication. and. Believe me, it stands out. I get questions from clients around email best practices. 
In your opinion, with your expertise and business and communication strategies, are there rules we should be following with email communication? I think it really depends on who you're communicating with. There's a couple of factors. So if you're in a legal or medical field, there are responsibilities that you have. You're protecting information. You may be able to share or not share financial world. You may have to encrypt your emails. But if you want to talk about just how we communicate, I think that it depends on who you are as a brand. So if I have a lot of copy on my website that's funny or that uses humor and a sense of connection, then you're going to see that in my emails. It means that I may not address it with dear Mr. (laughs) So-and-so. And I may have a meme in that email. You may get a meme. It doesn't mean, because this wouldn't align with our brand, that I'm going to use any sort of foul language, any sort of derogatory language. The parameters that you put on your email should match the parameters that you put on your professional brand. If you use a lot of jargon, you're going to do that. Now, as far as length, there's all sorts of ways we could look at this. Your email should really have a purpose when you send it out, and it should give them either information that they've asked for in a concise and clear manner, or it should lead them to a resource or something like that. So when you think about drafting an email, use the tone and the voice and the style that you've already created for your brand. And that's part of something that we work with businesses on is if you don't have that established, then it can look like a lot of different things depending on who is writing the email on your team. If you don't have standards, then it will default to the type of person and the personality of the person that's responding for you. So something that's really important is knowing what that is so that everybody knows, hey, we use a little bit of humor. It's okay to use a meme. It's not okay to use vulgarity. And we keep it to 500 words or less. You know, those sorts of things can be really helpful. But then when you're writing an email, start with the purpose of the email and then go from there. So it doesn't need to be overly long, just like your website doesn't need to be overly long. You don't need to give them three different links, five different links, four different things, unless you're doing something like, hey, these are examples of our work. But when we overload with information, which we tend to do, it's overwhelming and it gets discarded. I think that's connecting us right back to where we started, which is the power of being authentic, the clarity of knowing who you are and who you serve and your brand. How do you help small business owners identify their brand? Normally with a brand strategy, or if we were to work with a company that's looking at it from the entire perspective or starting from scratch, we start with the owner and or key team member or two. And then we sit down and say, okay, what does your brand look like? What's the personality? What are the values? And that goes back to who they are and also why they started the company. And then that gets moved down the line into their copy and their brand voice and their tone, and then into the design, the way they look, what imagery they're using. So if you think about a website, you have normally your design, the experience that the person is going to use. Then you have the imagery, whether that's videos or images, And then you have the content, your copy, and what you're actually saying. And all three of those have to be representative of who you are. 
We've explored a lot of topics in regard to communication today. We've talked about the power of communicating in business. We've talked about the power of communicating in your personal relationships. We've talked about how communication can help resolve issues. If I'm listening to this podcast and wondering what is one thing I can do to become a better communicator, what would you recommend? Ooh, that's a great question. I think if you just wanted to start with something today, the first thing would be to practice thinking before you speak. We tend to respond to something really quickly. And even when we try to implement a new practice, if we respond too quickly, we can't do it. So when you start to really listen well and listen to what the person asked and maybe understand what they're trying to achieve, then just take a second and respond knowing that you want to actually answer their question or help resolve an issue. And then from there, I think when someone talks, one of the biggest things that we can learn to do is validate what they're saying before we respond. Because sometimes people are sharing a problem or sharing a concern and just responding with a simple, that must be frustrating, or I understand what you're saying. By starting to validate and repeat back, you're helping them know that you are really interested in what they're saying rather than just waiting to be able to respond. I think a lot of us communicate with the desire to simply respond. That is so true. And that's why customers really connect with you when you let them talk, because people love to talk. People love to share their experiences or what they're doing and what they have done. And so just giving space for that. Now, obviously you have some relationships where that's a give and take more than it is 100% just listening, right? That's not what I would consider a healthy personal relationship. But it's a very simple understanding that when you give people space to talk and truly be heard, you can create a much deeper connection. As you're thinking about 2021 and your business, what projects or goals are you excited about achieving this year? Oh, I love the goal question. This year, I'm looking to connect with business owners who want to grow and understand the value of looking at their business holistically, not just one element. And so when we align with business owners who are really interested in understanding how to develop their authentic voice and how to turn that into their online brand, I think we can serve those clients really well. So it's about finding more of our ideal clients and then also growing our skill set and our team to be able to serve them in a way that helps them grow exponentially. Meredith, this has been such a delightful conversation. I'm taking away from this discussion that we're all bringing our own personal experiences and biases to our conversations. And as we strive to become better communicators, it's so important to pause listen, seek to understand, and then communicate with that authentic voice. And that's going to help create a lot of alignment and understanding. So thank you for all that you've shared with us today. 
Oh, I had so much fun. Thank you for having me. If our listeners want to connect and communicate with you, where can they find you? So our website is www.meetingmeredithcreative.com. And if you want to see a little bit more behind the scenes, a little more fun content, then that is Meeting Meredith Creative on Instagram. All right. With that goal, achievers, keep focusing on your weekly wins, learning from your lessons, and identifying those top priorities for the next week so you can continuously progress in the direction of your goals. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you are feeling inspired and want to join the Goal Achievers community, visit my website to sign up and get connected. We can also connect socially on Instagram. Follow me at Meet Kristen Burke. Links are in the show notes. Don't forget to rate, review, and share this show. Until next time, Goal Achievers, keep progressing towards your goals and celebrate those weekly wins. 